What's up? What's going on? I'm so happy you're here. My name is Shalene, and this is The Shalene Show. It's a podcast about life. And today we're going to talk about something that apparently 80% of us feel at times when we look in the mirror, and that is dissatisfied with our appearance. Now, don't worry. It's not all doom and gloom. I'm going to provide for you plenty of solutions, options, answers to questions, what to do, what not to do. Should you get cosmetic surgery? Should you go on a dramatic diet? Should you dye your hair? Should you look into leg lengthening operations overseas? Answers to all of these questions, plus perhaps even eliminating some of the toxic triggers you have in your life today on The Shaleen Show. Let's get to it. I remember when my daughter Sierra was, you know, I think probably I'd say like three or four. And if you have girls, you know what I'm talking about. There's this stage where they are infatuated (laughs) with watching themselves in the mirror. They just can't get enough. Little boys, I mean, I only had one. I only had one of each, but I don't remember Brock doing this. But Sierra would spend hours just looking at herself and twirling and making faces and dancing and imitating and going through a series of characters. And you could just tell that And we didn't need toys. All we needed was a mirror. She loved looking at her reflection. I don't know that little boys do so much, but babies do. Babies love their reflection. We're born thinking that we're pretty dang cute. We don't worry about our weight, our appearance, our hair color, any of those things. But somewhere along the way, it changes. In preparation for today's show, I did some research and learned some pretty fascinating details. First of all, what day of the year do you suspect the greatest number of people go online and search things like, I hate my body, or I'm fat, I'm ugly? Well, when I asked this of my family, my son said Valentine's Day. My daughter said, I don't know, right before summer. My husband said New Year's Day, and he was the closest. It is January 5th to January 11th. Those are the highest search days for terms like those, terms that represent a self-loathing, not just dissatisfied that we're disgusted with ourselves, which is such a sad thing to think about. And we know that so much of this has to do with social media and TV and the images that we see. I know you know that. So I'm not going to spend too much time on those topics today, but I do want to get to the root cause for so many of us why this happens. And in particular for women, today I'm going to also share with you how your own body image has a tremendous impact on the body image of your children and your own weight. I did find it interesting to learn that Americans are most likely to describe their ideal, quote, perfect body as being athletic. 54% of males said that they think the perfect body is athletic, and 43% of females said that. Interestingly, people with a college degree are harder on themselves and their physiques than someone without. I don't know what that means. And right behind the athletic build for men was the, quote, dad bod, with 20% of people saying that they thought that was an attractive physique. What even is a dad bod? I don't even know. But that's just so rude because no one said the mom bod. Man, guys, just they just have it a little bit easier when it comes to this. 
body image stuff. Coming in at a close second for the ladies was the perfectly curvy body. I'm happy to read that. And finally, one in 10 women said that the perfect ideal physique was that of a very thin model. So 11% of people said that, which I thought was pretty interesting. And only 3% said that they would want a very muscular body, which I wonder what people define as very muscular. Because I love muscles. Like when I think of very muscular, I have this gal I know at the gym who's Olympic bodybuilder. Like she looks like she could kick Brett's butt. Let's just put it that way. Like she's got big lats and just huge muscles. And while I appreciate it and I appreciate the work that she's put into it, I don't find that personally attractive. But I also know that I have, I work very hard to have, like I could never have as much muscle as she does. And I work really hard at putting muscle on my body. I mean, I work really, really hard at it. And I'm sure that many people would describe me as being very muscular, but it's a sliding scale, right? It's an objective. So what is very muscular? Because what is very muscular to you might be what I see as my ideal and not very muscular. So it is an objective scale. The bottom line is this. We always want what we don't have. And clearly, 80% of us are dissatisfied at some point with our appearance. And often that has to do with our physical appearance, our body. I think we can all agree that there's just a very narrow idea of what is attractive. And we each have our own objective and subjective way of deciding what we think is attractive, what we believe is the right way. And then add to that, our own subconscious negative beliefs that we hold about ourselves. It's the woman who's underweight who looks in the mirror and says, I've got to get rid of this and grabs at flesh at her inner thigh. It's the woman with the absolutely stunning, perfect physique, perfect face, perfect body, perfect everything. I can remember her like it was yesterday who came in to shoot some consumer fitness covers while I was with a fitness company, this is back in the day, I'll just never forget like looking at this young woman and thinking, wow, what it must be like to have a body like that. It was like the most banging body I've ever seen in my entire life. And she was knockout gorgeous. I remember the makeup artist mentioning to me that she was kind of having a little breakdown because she felt fat that day and unattractive. And it took like an extra hour of her and hair and makeup to just kind of get herself together and get her eyes so they didn't look red so that she could come out and finish her photo shoot. It was crazy to me to think that one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life was destroyed that day because what she saw in the mirror was different from what everyone else saw. Beauty has so little to do with what's going on on the outside and everything to do with what's going on in our heads. You've heard me say it a million times, our thoughts become our reality. And your negative body image may be holding you back. Did you know that what's more important than what other people see is how you see yourself? I mean, that last example is the perfect example of someone who, it doesn't matter how thin or how fit or how healthy or how curvy or how beautiful that woman was, it didn't matter. 
because what she saw, what she believed to be true of herself was that she was unattractive, unworthy, not good enough, not beautiful enough. So what does it matter what other people see in the mirror if that's what she's thinking? What does it matter what other people think of you if you don't think highly of yourself? You see, people respond to you. They respond to us. We respond to each other based on the energies and feelings that we have about ourselves. We reflect those things. Certainly, you know this to be true. Certainly, you know someone who's, by traditional standards, not the most beautiful person, doesn't have the perfect body as defined by popular trend. But you know them to be incredibly confident and incredibly attractive. And because of their confidence and because of the way they think of themselves, other people are naturally drawn to them and other people see them also as being very attractive. So if we know that people respond to our conscious thoughts about ourselves, if people respond to the energy and feelings we have about ourselves and that reflects to them, then one of the easiest ways to change the way that people view you is to change the way you view yourself. Think about it. What's upsetting you is not what you see in the mirror. What's upsetting you is you thinking about what other people might think about you. But what if everywhere you went, you could see a little thought bubble above each person's head and that thought bubble allowed you to know with certainty what people were thinking about you? And what if what they thought about you was nothing but positive. Almost envious thoughts like, oh, I wish I had her body. I wish I had her confidence. I wish I had their physique. I wish I had his muscles. I wish I had those legs, that beautiful dark skin, his bald head, her curly hair. What would it be like to have a very positive view of your appearance? And let's just face it, for many of us, especially the women, that means your body, like having a positive view of your body. And it's impossible for me to do this episode without talking about body positivity. Now, body positivity in recent years has really come under some scrutiny. And you might think to yourself, wait, how could anyone or how could there be any backlash against being positive about your body? Well, that's because the body positivity movement in general tends to believe that any conversation about weight loss is never legitimate because it would be an expression of fat shaming. So any public discussion about your personal health or body size or being overweight or wanting a desire to lose weight or a desire to change your body is considered body negativity and therefore it has a terrible psychological effect on people and so therefore we shouldn't talk about it. Now, just for a little bit of backstory, you should probably know that the body positivity movement is not something that's new. You might be thinking of the Dove skin campaign, or, or I'm trying to think of the other campaign where they have all the different women, all the different body types, all the different skin tones, heights, weights, shapes, you name it. And it was like as if we, the consumer, didn't know that we come in all shapes and sizes. No, we know that, but we know that you always show us, you know, 18-year-old, wafy, 5'11 models. So it's not that that was like surprising to us. The only thing that was surprising about it was that corporations were using, quote, normal or what they call citizen models, citizen campaigns 
to promote their products. But the body positivity movement is not new. In fact, it's the convergence of a couple of different groups. The fat acceptance movement of the 1960s, which was really pioneered by black and queer women to fight against discrimination in public places, at their doctor's offices. And then there's fat positivity, which came a little after that, which was kind of more a reaction. I guess you could say most people would say this was in the 80s where it was a reaction to people being fat shamed. And again, fighting for in the workplace, public places, with the airlines. And this latest trend of body positivity is really a combination of all these things with kind of a commercial self-esteem movement attached to it. I'm a fan of seeing all different body types, sizes, ages, ethnicities in advertising. I love citizen campaigns. But I'm not going to go so far as to say that we need to silence any discussions about weight loss. That's crazy. If somebody knows that they are unhealthy or at an unhealthy weight and they want to get healthier, why are we silencing that discussion? That doesn't make any sense to me. There's without a doubt, you can look at the evidence when it comes to COVID-19 and those people who are at the greatest risks You know, we can set aside the conversations about whether you need to wear a mask and wash your hands and all those other precautions. When you look at the statistical research, and I've got some great interviews coming up right around the corner for you that are going to talk about this, the death rate for those patients who had type 2 diabetes who were obese or generally unhealthy and their death rate related to contracting COVID is astronomical that we're not talking about that on the news that we're not talking about the fact that we are the most obese nation in the world. It's no wonder that we are dying at a much higher rate than any other country in the world when it comes to COVID. It's no wonder that we're dying at a much higher rate from diseases which are preventable. So it's ludicrous to me that when we look in the mirror, if we're unhappy with what we see, and it truly does relate to our health, I am not in favor of silencing conversations about getting healthy. And if that should include weight loss, let's go for it. Let's do it. In fact, this is kind of a difficult subject to address for me because my thinking is, if there's something about yourself that you want to improve, you should probably do that. If in fact, it's legitimate. And if in fact, it's realistic, especially if it's overtaking your thoughts. If you've got a large mole on the side of your face that's been driving you crazy for years, or you've lost 100 pounds and you've got sagging skin or a skin flap, or all your life you've wanted a breast reduction or a nose job or whatever it is, and it's the only thing that you think about, for the love of Pete, I'm not going to tell you you have to brainwash yourself into loving that mole, although I think you could. Obviously, Marilyn Monroe did. But if you can't, we shouldn't shame people because they want to change something about themselves. If you want to get cosmetic surgery, I believe that's your choice. I'm not going to tell you that you should love yourself exactly as you should because you know that you should. But some people just can't. And I can't tell you how many people I've met who've done one very minor cosmetic procedure like I don't know, having their ears pinned back or a nose job or or whatever it is. I mean, whatever it is for you, even though your friends might say, like, don't do it. You don't need it. You're beautiful as is. 
If that's the only thing that you can think about, if that's all that you obsess about, if it's preventing you from putting yourself out there, from giving yourself fully to others, if it's holding you back in your relationships, your career, and you've done everything you can to accept it, go change it. I don't know. I'm sure not everyone's going to agree with me. And I'm sure there's a whole faction of the body positivity, you know, acceptance movement that's going to send me hate mail. I just think there's too many people who spend countless years not doing the thing that they want to do. And then they go and do it. And they're like, dang, I wish I would have done that a long time ago. Let me be clear. I don't think, and I know I'm going to get all kinds of hate for this. I don't think that you should just accept what you look like, if what you look like is a result of unhealthy choices. I think instead of accepting that, you should know that you deserve better and that you should take care of yourself in a way that allows you to be healthier. Now, should that include weight loss? So be it. But it might also include the fact that you look much older because you're not sleeping or that your skin looks dry and damaged and your hair is thinning because you're not eating enough. More so, I'm hoping that you'll focus on getting healthy. You should never think that it's you're doing body positivity wrong if you look in the mirror and you have a lot of weight to lose and you're saying, I should just accept and love myself. Don't confuse lovable with healthy. You can be very unhealthy and you are still lovable. You should still love yourself. You should still know that you are an incredible human. Your body and what your body looks like, whether it's your ears, your nose, your moles, your hair, your skin tone, all of those things, that's irrelevant to who you are, your soul, and what makes you amazing. I think if you love yourself, you're going to take care of yourself. Now, what I don't think is healthy is when we beat ourselves up for those last couple of pounds, when we were unhappy with the fact that your body is different than mine, and my body is different from hers, and his body is different from theirs. None of us are ever going to have the same physique. I think the right question to ask ourselves is, am I really taking care of me? Am I acting as though I love myself? Because if you're undereating or overeating or just not getting enough sleep, if you're On top of all those other things, if you're not taking care of yourself, then I don't think you should accept that because you deserve better. And if you want people to respond to you in a different way, if you want to change your appearance, the number one thing you can do is change the way you feel about yourself. Because you and I both know, you can think of celebrities, you can think of maybe people you know in your real life who've changed plenty about their appearance and they're no more attractive than they ever were. And the people who will always have a beauty that never goes out of style are those who have an inner confidence. All right, we're going to take a quick break to mention today's sponsor for The Shaleen Show. You may have heard me talk about this in a previous episode before they were actually a sponsor for the show. And that's because I always go to the companies where I've fallen in love with the product and I say, hey, I've got this really cool group of people. They're called lifers. They listen to The Shaleen Show. And can you give us that hookup? So one of those products that I've absolutely fallen in love with recently after my long quest to find the perfect freaking sock 
is called features. Features like feet, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. Features. These are the socks I've been searching for for I don't know how many years. It's like ridiculous. My husband's like, really? You're buying more socks? Yes, because I'm searching for the perfect sock and I found it. I am very picky about the socks that I wear. They're either too thick or worst of all, when you try to find a no-show sock and it just, while you're running, it slides right off of your heel and underneath your arch and you want to like sit down, whip off your shoes and throw your socks in the street. So I just kept buying and testing and buying and testing until I discovered features. Now features are, they're like little compression socks. So they, they literally like hug around your arch But I don't know. They don't slip. They don't bunch. They don't like crowd your toes. There's something about the anatomical design of these socks. By the way, they have a left sock and a right sock. And that makes a big deal. Think about the fact if you're not wearing a left sock and a right sock, what are you wearing? That's part of what allows these socks to feel like they're custom fit to your foot and they will not fall off or move around while you're working out, or while you're just running around. And they've got a lifetime guarantee, which I love. So features are super durable. They're very long-lasting. You're never going to get a hole in the toe like I used to get all the time, too. And I love that they are family-owned. Yay! We love family businesses that are family-owned. I want you to experience why feature socks have quickly become the number one running sock in America. I should say the number one workout sock in America. Listeners of The Shaleen Show, that's you. You get $10 off your first pair of features by going to features.com and use the code Shaleen. Yes, $10 off your first pair when you go to features. And again, I'm going to spell it for you because it's like feet, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com. Enter my name as a promo code, that's Shaleen, and uh, you'll love them. My son, Brock, was like, mom, these are the greatest socks I've ever owned. I'm like, dude, I know. Sierra, stealing my features. You've got to get a pair of your own, guys. Check them out. Go to features.com. And because you are a lifer, when you enter the code Shaleen, you get $10 off your first offer. All right, let's return to body image. So we've talked about acceptance. We've talked about body positivity. And we've talked about taking matters into your own hands and deciding if, in fact, for yourself, you've been obsessing about something, something you want to change. And I'm giving you permission to move forward and and make that change, whether that's changing your habits, booking appointment with a cosmetic surgeon, or getting a haircut, whatever it is. It's your body. It's your life. Do those things. But remember, what you change on the outside has very little to do with how people receive you. If you really want to be attractive, if you want to really want to feel good about yourself, you've got to start reflecting that. You've got to start changing the way you feel about yourself. And when you begin to do that, people will notice. People will begin responding to you differently. So right now, I want you to take a moment and actually think about someone who has maybe some of the imperfections that you see in yourself, like whether maybe you think you're too tall, you're too short, you're too thin, you're too whatever, whatever it is, you're not enough of whatever. I want you to think of someone else who has some of those characteristics, but yet they're really confident and it doesn't bother them. I know you can think of someone. I'm sure of it. And I actually want you to think of them. 
I want you to go to Google. If you can do that now, great. If you're driving, don't do it. But go to Google and enter their name into the search window and take a screenshot of that person as a reminder that you too could feel the same way about yourself as they likely do about themselves. I want you to visualize what it would feel like to have their confidence. How outwardly relaxed and probably happy they appear. I want you to imagine what it would actually feel like to have that. I want you to give your body permission to feel it. Now write down that person's name and save that screenshot to your favorite so that you know you can pull it up anytime you're questioning or doubting or thinking negatively about yourself. And ask yourself, what would that person fill in the blank? What would they be thinking in this situation? What is it that they could care less about? And imagine that you have their confidence. Like, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but I really want you to do this, practice this just before you're about to enter a situation where you, you know you're going to be hard on yourself. Maybe it's you're going to put on your bathing suit and go to the beach, or maybe it's going live on Instagram, or maybe it's showing up to an event or taking your clothes off in front of your husband. I mean, I don't know what it is, but there are moments when you start to get in your own head. What the world sees is not what makes someone attractive or unattractive. It's belief in yourself that makes you attractive to other people. And that starts with love for yourself. Now, the best time to do this is right before one of those situations or scenarios where you know you're going to be triggered. When you think these thoughts just before you go to sleep, you begin to embed these beliefs into your subconscious. And that's the last thing I want to talk to you about, actually, is your subconscious. And this is where things get a little heavy, but this could make a big difference for you. Those who have the most negative feelings about their body image are often people who are victims of childhood sexual abuse. That may be a root cause. And if that's the case, all the body positivity, all the thinking of someone else and trying to force yourself into believing that you're attractive and lovable and beautiful, I would love to encourage you to talk to a therapist. I know you knew I was going to say that, but it's true. So many people, they struggle with their weight or their body image, whether it's being underweight or overweight or, or just never being happy with themselves. And they don't realize that the root cause is something, an early childhood trauma. In fact, traumas in general are a very common reason why many people struggle to love themselves, to love their appearance, to love what they see in the mirror because of something that happened many, many years ago. And maybe it was a significant other cheating on you or a traumatic event. It's not uncommon. You're not alone. 87% of us have had something traumatic happen to us. And it's no coincidence, I don't think, that 87% of us have had a trauma and 80% of us, when we look in the mirror at some point or another, are dissatisfied. So what is it those 20% of people who look in the mirror and never feel dissatisfied? What is about them? 
Well, some of them have never experienced a trauma, and some of them have taken the steps to process and work through those traumas so they can stop taking these negative thoughts out on themselves so they can learn that they've always been beautiful and lovable. Maybe this is your sign. A lot of therapists out there now doing virtual appointments. We've had some great ones here on the show. We have show sponsors who provide very low-cost, affordable therapy like Talkspace, like a couple of others that I won't mention because they're not show sponsors. But I'm telling you, you're going to thank me later when you find the right therapist, especially if it's holding you back right now from living your best life because of your appearance. That's crazy. You're beautiful. We just need you to know that. Listen, I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.